All right, we are back with a brand new episode of Tile Light Talk. This is Casey. This is Chris. And we're both wearing green sweatshirts. We are. We are. It's, it's <laughs> a complete coincidence through the force. You know, it's it's what we do. It's bound us to wear these green sweatshirts tonight, I guess. It does. It does. Um, as we said, in case you guys don't know, or maybe some of you guys are new listeners, and thank you everyone who does listen. Um, Chris and I record these podcasts about six hours apart, meaning he's downstate. I'm upstate of New York State. And, uh, you know, so if you hear some audio lags and whatnot, it's because of that. But I upgraded equipment a little bit, and I think Chris will too. And hopefully we'll keep being consistent. We'll keep the quality up this year. Um, Well, I'm already talking like it's 2017, but uh, anywho, we're going to have a good show tonight. So I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this show. So the crux of the show um, is going to be surrounded by or surrounded around uh, Rogue One and the book uh, Catalyst by James Lucino. Um, But before we get into that, we have a little bit of uh, episode eight news and, and mostly just rumors actually. So I wanted to start it off by, um, a rumor that hit uh, ruining my life. This gosh, <laughs> that, that hit the internet. Is this what you were referring to? Of course, I, I've been I've been diligent about not reading these these articles or these fake news articles they warn you about on Facebook. Apparently, there's a bunch of those out there. Um, but yeah. these rumors, I could get behind them. So let's 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 discuss them. So the rumor is that. Um, her parentage is supposed to be revealed uh, when everyone met her. Right. Yeah, right. Um, when everyone met her initially in episode seven, we pretty much assumed that she was Skywalker's daughter. That still could be the case, but the rumor right now is that she is Obi Wan's granddaughter. <laughs> Obi Wan uh, maybe went off world um, from Tatooine. Got back with the uh, Duchess Satine. They had a kid, and they had a daughter. Their daughter could be Sabine from Rebels. Names then, are very similar. <laughs> Sabine Satine. Yep. Then she goes and meets Luke Skywalker, and they have a child. Um, well, what are your What are your thoughts? First off, the whole name thing is very conclusive that this may be fact plus there's a b in sabine and a b in obi-wan so you know there you go i mean that's no b in ray it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it sells it to me right there sabine satine obi okay so (laughs) okay all right so but sabine and luke skywalker would be an interesting twist uh sabine is a very popular character uh and seeing that in the old expanded universe Luke and Mara Jade were a couple. This would kind of take it in a totally different direction than most people would expect. And totally, as we love the world, world build uh, would tie everything together in a way. So it would also explain why Ray's kind of a badass being part Mandalorian. So are you. And, and Jedi. Right, and Jedi. Are you 
on this rumor then? Are you pro this rumor? I'm pro this rumor. I would be, you know, the whole Obi-Wan Satine thing was very played up in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, I don't see why they want to develop on that later, especially with her being the Duchess of Mandalore. I mean, this, these kind of, these kind of very intelligent speculations, whatever you want to call them, are the ones I can definitely get behind. You know, it's, it's, and I would buy it. And I would buy it all day long if it happened. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's hard because like when you, if Ray is just Ray, an orphan of the force that um, kind of opens up the world a little bit more because it kind of says, okay, are there other children, um, you know, bred from the force, almost kind of like Anakin where they just immaculately are conceived um, and how, yeah. Right. And how often does this happen? Whereas if you have Sabine, be her mom that closes the star Wars world a little tighter. And um, we're going to be talking about that a little bit more when we go into rogue one, but that's my only thing is that if, if that was the case, I'll tell you what, I'll have goosebumps. I'll say, wow, they really did a good job of world building, tying, tying in um, the rebels because you know, the rebels is, is popular as it is, you know, it's not hitting everybody. I would say the the general audience who's going to go see Rogue One this week, they probably don't know Rebels. You know what I mean? But the hardcore Star Wars sweaties do. And, you know, and that's why they do these things. Um, but if you have, you know, Ray's mom, Ray's parents are such a huge thing that if you had it be Sabine, they are going to have to explain that and like kind of how she knows Luke and all that stuff, which is fine. But I think that's going to be a little bit. Um, I don't. I, I guess I don't know how they'll handle it. That's all. I'm. That's all I'm trying to to think. You know what I mean? It's exciting um, that these kind of things could come into play, and I mean we've we've seen it now in the different forms of the the new canon where we see we see these characters crossing over from the comics into the books, the books into the movies. And, you know, back and forth and back and forth. Um, so I, and I guess the biggest argument with the, the expanded universe and why they erased it was because it became so convoluted and, mm-hmm. and kind of like, it just was like so many years of storytelling that um, they were just, it was becoming tough to be able to even sell that to new fans. So what I see here is a very concise, tight canon that uh, plays off each other very well. So yeah, I yeah. mean, hell yeah! I mean, it's gonna we're gonna start to see things in these, especially I'm you know, this being the first standalone Star Wars movie, it gives us the opportunity to go outside of the Skywalker saga and really build in a one-off um, story kind of way where you can just throw these elements in and just say, yeah, I mean, Rogue One exists during this this time period. Why the hell not? I mean, we'll talk about it later, but we've seen the the trailer where we think that's the ghost and and things like that so why why shouldn't we think that that's what it is opposed to you know now we watch you know, new hope special edition we see dash rendar's outrider which was thrown in there at the time but now it's like it's just a random ship of that type you know it's it's time to really kind of make this a whole 
comprehensive universe and something that, you know, if you wanted to just be a, a literature fan of it, plus the movies or just the movie fan, um, at least if you, like you and I, we have this full, full understanding of it. Anybody from who just loves the movies can be like, oh, wow, let me just go and read more about this and learn um, more about the characters because now they're being forced to instead of the movies being more just in their own universe, I would say. Well, one thing else that I'll say to it, just playing devil's advocate, because as I said, I, I would be excited if that was the case, is that if they show her, then we know she's alive. And I kind of feel that Dave Filoni doesn't really like to do that. You know what I mean? Like we don't really know what Ahsoka's fate is. We can all assume that she lived through the end of episode or uh, season two of rebels, but having her, well, I guess it just depends on the timeline. You know what I mean? Like I have a feeling that rebels is going to end either next season or in season five, more likely season five, kind of like clone wars did. Mm -hmm. And Next year, we're going to be at the mid-season finale of uh, Rebels going into episode eight. So, you know what I mean? Like, that that forces us to know that Sabine lives. Whatever happens next season in Rebels, Sabine lives if she is, in fact, the parent of, uh, of Rey. Right. And if she does live, I mean, we're the big question is who is, and if that is the ghost in Rogue One, then who's piloting the ghost? Who's, who's really well, different, still though. left? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of different, but we're also looking at Rebels <clears throat> from a prior time period where we still believe that either like Kanan and Ezra get murdered and maybe like Zab and some, like, people are going to die. We're pretty sure of that. But, Who's and if it is the ghost, then who's who's still part of that crew? The thing about Ahsoka that you mentioned is that I always am this firm believer is that if they don't show people die on screen, they're not dead. Yeah. They're they're not. Yeah, dead. I know. I know. You know so. and, but then it's like, I hope. I mean, I I'm not going to go back. We'll have our own rebels conversation later. We should so because it's due. And now that yeah. you're actually being a good new canon advocate, uh, you and I can do more of these. So I'm excited. <laughs> Um, one last thing with episode eight. Do you think we're going to see an episode eight trailer attached to Rogue One? I think it would be pretty amazing for them to do that, but I don't think so. I think we'll see one with um, Guardians, possibly Spider Man. Nope. Before that, yeah, Guardians then. Nope. Celebration. No, Guardians is before Celebration. No, I think Guardians is May. Spider-Man's July, so we'll uh, definitely see him before that. Oh, uh, so. then I thought Guardians was. I thought we had a Marvel movie in the the winter, but no, I guess not. Celebration okay. being the fortieth. No, well, we will see, <laughs> but they'll do it right after, like they did the last one. The moment after, they'll the show it. No, oh, it's good. Star Wars is for the world. Yes, that's it. Exactly. Okay. All right, so let's get into one of our other one of our one of two main topics and that's star Wars catalyst by James Lucino. Um, I'm going to let I'm you actually, this I'm part actually... a little bit because you, oh, yeah. you're more of a James Lucino guy, even though I've read, didn't he also write, you wrote, et cetera. Didn't he write that episode three novel too? Um, 
I stopped. Um, t- I stopped putting titles down because I was just like, I'm not going to read all of them. Um, okay, <laughs> I can just write the right. ones that you know. <laughs> I know. I I read that one too, and I believe you're right. So I really, just, I really uh, like that novel. It was between episodes oh. two and three, I think, or maybe after three and four. It, Labyrinth of Evil or was that the prequel. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote, Labyrinth of Evil. And Dark Lord, the Rise of Darth Vader. So that's he yeah. did not he did not yeah. So he did not write episode three, the novel. He wrote the prequel to no. it, and he wrote yeah. the follow up, which was the Dark Lord one, which are both amazing books. Um, but I I have to give you kudos. I'm very proud of you for actually finishing a new canon Star Wars book before me. Um, yeah, even, though I know. Li- even though he didn't listen to it, I'll 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 bust you up on that one, but. I think I finished Lords of the Sith before you too. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. All right. So J- James Luciano, Lucian Lucino, um, he has one other book in the the new canon right now, and it was the Tarkin novel, which I, you know, between this and Catalyst, I was just like, how? <laughs> and we'll talk about this a little bit with Tarkin and stuff, but it was kind of surprising that they would. If I get you know the idea of Krennic coming in later, you know, in, in the whole idea of Rogue One, it kind of throws off the whole Tarkin novel, as this because you would think that like Krennic would show up in it and stuff, but it did center more around uh, how Tarkin and Vader were hunting down the rebels and and whatnot. So I can I can buy it because I'm a good Star Wars fan. But um, he also wrote some expanded universe books like Darth Maul Saboteur. Uh, some of the new Jedi Order books that I really love, and as we mentioned, Labyrinth of Evil, the Darth Vader book, and also the Darth Plagueis book. So that's that's actually one expanded novel I still want to read because, you know, just in case like Snoke becomes Plagueis and stuff like that. I, it's funny because I want to be that guy who would love to see them bring back some expanded universe books into new canon. As they introduce new characters like Shadow the Empire, Plagueis, and just use that as 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 canon, but I guess we'll see. So let's let's get on with Catalyst. I just um, say real quick about um, yeah. Darth Plagueis. I've heard that that is one of the best Star Wars novels. Period. Yeah, I need to so get on that. I I do want to read it. I think I have it downloaded. I just haven't because. My drive to work is so long now that like an audio books are just kind of making sense to do it that way. But I'm sure Plagueis is on audio book because Star Wars books now have all been adapted. And I implore all of you guys like, yes, I do love to read. Don't get me wrong. But no, listening no. to a Star Wars audio book, you have oh, yeah. music from John Williams. You have the sound from uh, Lucasfilm, like Skywalker Ranch. Like you have, like if they're in a cantina, there's random music, not the mm-hmm. cantina music, but just random music playing. Like they do a really good job with their with their novelization. So if you happen to, um, I can't remember what the guy's voice is, but the guy who did um, uh, Catalyst also did Battlefront, okay, uh, Twilight Company, and He's got a cool voice, and he does every girl girl guy, all the characters, which I'm noticing in Aftermath, which I'll just touch upon later. But <laughs> that guy's voice I don't like as much as this one's. Understood. Um, one of the really good ones I listened to was the um, 
the Saj Ventress one. Um, what was it called? Shoot. Uh, Dark Disciple. Yeah. That was an amazing one. Um, so, yeah, I do, you know, I love reading, but at the same time, it's like, I I really should start listening to these because I walk like 20 minutes to work every day. So my, my commute's like 30 minutes. So I should, I should take advantage of that. I've heard the Ahsoka one's good to listen to because it's actually Ashley Eccleson. Yes. Um, yes. Doing so I've and, heard that one is very good. And actually, I only got so far into that book before Catalyst came out. So I jumped on Catalyst because I knew I had to finish it before this week. So Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's great. And listen, Catalyst is an amazing book. Um, I've Spoilers. Spoilers all over this. This is spoilers, guys. So just, you know, back up. If you need to, um, but seriously, if you are really excited to read, like watch Rogue One, you want to know a little bit of the backstory to it because I think it's going to be very important to the uh, Galen or so and the um, Krennic characters, and just um, it's it's an amazing book. I I usually have problems with Star Wars books that are like more politically bound and um, and just kind of slower, but the new canon books have done a really good job with um, piquing my interest and keeping me like, like just enthralled in the whole, the whole process. I mean, blood tie was yeah. great political thriller. The yeah, bloodlines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bloodlines blood had some, it, 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 had, it had more action in this book, but uh, you're right. It was a lot more, more politics. And it was just, uh, they're just getting some really good talent to write these books. I know you don't like aftermath as much, but trust me by the, End of that book, and by life debt, it's it's. I can't wait for the third one to come out. I'm I'm fucking excited for that. I'm only suffering through this because I've heard about how life debt is good, and I want to know these characters. But I tell yeah. you, I guess I'll just touch upon it now because I don't want to go and rehash it too much. But James Lucino makes me feel like I'm in Star Wars. Like yes, yes. he doesn't. You know, he kind of paints a picture for all the scenes, and he really does you know he's a good writer and i care about the characters and um really explore these worlds and like he made the science of building the death star and like experimenting on kyber crystals two things that are like super silly science which i was like okay i guess that's how you make a kyber crystal shoot a out of a death star you know what's crazy about that is that the entire time I'm reading this book, I'm like, how does this guy come up with the fiction behind it? How does he come up with like just the whole storytelling of how this stuff exists? It's just, it's so, it's so believable that like you said, it's just like, it's, it is silly science fiction, but it it just makes it so cool and, and, and relevant. Well, it's because, you know, you have somebody like, Pablo Hidalgo, who's mm. like on their story writing team, and those guys all get together probably every year, or maybe twice a year. They hang out with Kathleen Kennedy. They get into a group, and and like that's it. Like I heard that Ryan Johnson helped Claudia Gray write some mm-hmm. of the stuff for for uh, Bloodlines. So yes, you know how much of Bloodlines? Like we don't know who um, Laura Dern's character is. I wouldn't be surprised if she's like that crazy. Um, chick who's in bloodline you yeah. know what i mean like the one who goes up against lady you know who i'm talking about i can't remember what her name is yeah i know exactly the uh the royalty lady yes exactly who sounds 
giving her description in episode eight of like an Effie trinket from Hunger Games, that describes that woman who's in that novel. So, mm-hmm. you know, and yet again, we'll hashtag the world building again for <laughs> what they do with these story groups now. It's like, it's incredible that all these things are tied together. But James Lucino um, is just, so he makes me feel like I'm in Star Wars, whereas uh, Chuck Wendig, at least for this first afternoon novel, I, I was talking to Chris off air is just saying like some of the descriptives that he uses, like he was calling uh, one of the guys, Mon Calamari a squid face. And it's like, there's no squids in star Wars. You know what I mean? Like they're just called Mon Calamari. Like same thing. Like do they call them space whales in that rebels episode? Or did they call them like whatever the fuck that species is? You know what I mean? Like they call they call them by a species, but there is a squid species that lives among calamari, which are the corn. So you I mean, would call it corn. Corn, right? I know you call that, it corn face. It's all then again. Like they then don't again, use normal English words in Star Wars. Yeah, I know. I I get your. I I totally understand your point, and it's why it's I it's why aftermath was took me the longest to read because it was just I like it, but it's definitely not the best. Um, and I understand people's problems with it, but by the end of it, it's good. Um, and then it seems he like just it's written as fan fiction. Like someone was like, hey, "Yeah, I'm gonna make yeah. a Star Wars book, and it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be out of action. It's you know what I mean. Like you can tell the difference. I get it. A writer who really like goes into like that silly science and goes back mm-hmm. into like you know and paints a picture so that you're in there. Whereas this guy, I'm just reading like this guy shoots, then this guy shoots. Then an explosion happens, and I'm like, yeah. uh, okay, I mean, yes, I understand that that's happening, but thank God that there's the noises behind it to actually put me in there, <laughs> or else I, if I was reading this, yeah, I wouldn't be in it. But let's let's talk about James Lucino, because he's- Life death. Life Yes. <laughs> Just get to it. That's all. I will. I will. All right. So, uh, favorite character of this, of this great book- um, you know, reading reading all the books before we go into this character, um, where do you rank it with the with these novels that you read so far? You want to do can. it now, or do you want to rank it at the end? Uh, I mean, I can rank it now if you want. Let's rank it now, as long as I brought it up. Um, this is for me right below Lords of the Sith. Okay, and right above Life Debt or um. Bloodlines. And the reason why is because (laughs) Lords of the Sith has Vader, Dawn, and the Emperor being complete badasses, plus Champs and Dula, who I like a lot. And then uh, Bloodlines was awesome. It was just awesome. It's It's a great book. And I really wanted to learn more about Han and Leia in between that time period and what Luke was doing. But this book is better just because I'm meeting characters I've never met before. Um, but I'm also learning about a time period that I'm pretty familiar with. There's not a lot of stuff that I know between three and four, and this takes place at two through four. And it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. So it's, it's number two, but it's, it's way up there, but it's way better than like a new dawn. And I didn't read dark disciple, but I would imagine it's better than that too. And the hair heir to the Jedi was fucking dumb. I didn't finish that. You didn't like that book. I love that book. I couldn't, I couldn't get into the, the perspective. It was just too weird. Really? Yeah. Oh man. That book is awesome. 
I'll go back. Catalyst. I still haven't finished. I still haven't finished New New Dawn. I haven't finished Tarkin. So oh, I've heard Tarkin's real good too. Yeah, Tarkin's good. I just I think something else came out and I lost and I never (laughs) went back to it. I read half of it. Um, Where do I rank Catalyst? Um, My favorite book of the so far is Lord of the Sith, (laughs) and then Life Debt, and then probably Catalyst. Okay. And then everything else after that, I won't rank. I can, I'll do a rank up on DFAT one of these days. Um, I mean, I think that if we can try to muscle through some of these other ones, and then, and then Thrawn comes out, then we'll <laughs> see when Timothy Zahn comes back to Star Wars. Not to say oh. that James Luzino is is the Timothy Zahn of our of our time right now, but Zahn, we'll we'll see what he does. Well, those those two definitely existed within the same time period as well. I mean, they were. They were both the best of the best, in yeah. my opinion. So yeah, I agree. I agree. So favorite character? Go ahead. Go ahead. Kranik. Already got my Kranik tattoo. I just bought his ship. I have a cup that I got from a Swiss chalet in in Canada, and I have a T-shirt. I'm all Kranik'd out right now, buddy. <laughs> What kind of tattoo did you get? I can't show you. This is a, this is a PG show. <laughs> I got a critic tattoo on my penis. Um, so I got his cape on my penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, PG. Um, yeah. Chronic. Uh, I. You know what? I love that they've established a new bad guy who is an Imperial officer who doesn't have the force who is badass in his own way that defies his own, you know, his own superiors who's like trying to work his way up by like backstabbing Tarkin. You know, it's just, it was a really, he's a really cool character. Um, in this book, I would have to, I would have to agree. Um, I love, I love the, I love that they gave us the backstory, the Ursos, uh, you know, really, a, yeah. There's not too many other characters. I mean, well, I was gonna say my other character is Hans Opet or Haas Opet or whatever. Haas, yeah, Haas, yeah. Haas Solo. Yeah, um, yeah. I like I like him a lot. He was yeah. Just, I was gonna say that too. Good character. Um, I I really hope that he does have a role in the movie. Um, no, I, I know he's like that character who won't show up in the movie at all, but. It would be cool that if they mentioned him at, at least. But if they mention him, like how he, they're probably gonna at least mention um, how Orson, you know, helped them escape, and maybe at that point we'll get his name dropped, right? You exactly. know what I mean? Which would be nice, but I don't think we're gonna see him. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Lyra either. <laughs> quite honestly, I'm pretty sure that she's gonna get murdered when they when they show up at that planet. I mean, they are called death troopers for a reason. I know, I know. I mean, I why? Like, she, what happens yeah. to her? Does she get? She gets orphaned. You know, like they take her father, they kill her mother, and then like she just ends up in a prison. Or do, you know, we'll talk about Saw Gerrera in a second. But like, does he take her? You know, like what happens? So, no, I, I think, I think he does because yeah. what happens is she says, or in the trailers, 
She's been on her own since the age of 15. This book ends when she's five years old. Right. And they're going to that planet where obviously that shot of Krennic and the Death Troopers are. And right. So at that point, flashback. I believe she's probably five mm-hmm. or maybe seven or maybe nine. You know, what? well, no, she seems young. So she's young. They, that means they escape for a couple of years. Krennic finally finds them. They come in and, yeah, probably saw uh takes her and then maybe she runs away i don't know that's the other thing i don't know well she she ends up in prison imperial prison she does but she's also how old is she in this movie like 25 20s early 20s yeah so what happened for her i don't know for 10 for 15 years what 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 has she been doing Right. That's, I guess, we'll find out. (laughs) This has nothing to do with a book. Uh, But it's fine. I mean, this is, this is the fun part about speculation because obviously we're going to get like a heart wrenching flashback at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Because when you watch trailers, it shows her, I guess, maybe like dreaming while she's in prison about the whole thing. But who knows? I can't wait till Thursday. Okay. So, all right. World building. Uh, Saw Guerrera. He was the first character that we found out about that was going to be introduced into the movies that had a tie to the animated series, the Clone Wars, um, you know, outside of just the movies connecting each other. Now we finally get that first character that's connecting something outside the movies to these (laughs) movies. So uh, it's awesome that they brought him into the book. It makes a lot of sense because I was kind of like... What? How does Sagrera play into all this? And you know, they really give him kind of like an Obi Wan Kenobi um, persona in uh, in this book. And and if he does become a guardian somehow, then that's that's kind of what that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, he was a good character. Um, he's briefly in the book, but I mean, he has a pretty significant part. Um, like you said, it it's kind of crazy. I guess that like he's from the cartoon. And when you first heard that, you know, the thing that, you know, kind of stuck out to me is that this is, that's a probably a Lucas character. It's a Filoni character, but Lucas approved of those scripts at that time. He so, created that shit. You know? That's what I mean. So Saul yeah. Guerrero was a Lucas influence. And, and I thought that that was really unique with how they, how they did that. So, um, but given just, the, the time period that Catalyst takes place when it, it takes place in the middle of the Clone Wars. And there's a lot of talk about um, the separatist and, you know, the, the Republic and everything and like that. So it makes complete sense that you show up. World building. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was awesome. We also. Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, um, we have the mention of Kyber Crystals, which is a major plot point with uh, Lyra Orso, who, for some reason, I feel was kind of Force-sensitive in the book. Um, she had a lot of respect for the Jedi. She seemed to have a sensitivity to a lot of the things that Jedi are, I guess, attuned to. Um, so her respect for the Kyber Crystals and her concern of the use of them in the book 
tied to the whole destruction of the Jedi. And, you know, this, this book being set during the Clone Wars and then post-Clone Wars, we really got to see the outside view of how they really started to erase the legacy of the Jedi, um, but how people still held on to it and, and, and pictured, you know, and pictured them as who they were. Yeah. It's, um, it's always interesting about that. Cause you think like it wasn't that long ago that there was a group of these wizards who helped, you know, shape the galaxy and how quickly, you know, 19 years is a long time, but it's not like all of a sudden I forgot that like Buzz Aldrin like went on the moon, you know, 50 years ago. Like, you know, that's a huge thing that happened in our society. And yet, like, I feel like for the, I, you know, I get it. Like the empire did stomp out all that stuff, but it was just, it's kind of shocking. Like how much the Jedi are pushed aside. 18 years is nothing. I mean, it's, it's strange because, I mean, yes, history is written by the victor, but I mean, there's, there's, there's room. Like, people know of the Jedi. They know of what they did, but these new generations were, they were taught differently. They were, I guess, I guess you could kind of snuff out the, the legacy in a way by, because they were looked at as betrayers, you know, and stuff like that. So people didn't want to talk about them as being heroes, I mean, I could see it, but 18 years is 18 years. It will be, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that in, um, in the Han Solo movie, mm-hmm. because it's like, he's how old? Isn't he 18 years older than uh, Luke and Leia? Yeah, he's like 34. He's like mid-30s, oh, 34. yeah. Okay, I thought he was 37, but... So he's yeah, mid-30s, like and he's, he's probably lived during that time, you know, he actually has lived during that time where there was Jedi, possibly his planet was affected by, you know, separatists trying to come in there and he acts like, you know, Obi-Wan and that whole force thing is like some fucking joke. But it's like, if I saw a Jedi walk into my house and start pulling out lightsabers and chopping off robots heads, that kind of stuff would stick with me for my entire life. Not saying that we're going to see it because we can't really. It would make no sense. But there's just, it's just like, man, they eradicated the Jedi real fast. The argument against the Han Solo thing is that he would be too young to maybe remember. And then he was raised on, you know, what people said. But but if it was, even if he's 18 years older than them, it means he he was a baby when Luke and Leia were born, which is the end of the Jedi. He was the newborn. He like whatever he learned. No, no. If he's eighteen years older and they were just born, then he's eighteen when they're born. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So he had eighteen years of. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. So he's he's had lived through the Clone Wars. Yeah, that's a good point. That shaped his youth. Uh, An entire war has happened. I think they need to rewrite Han Solo's age in this in the Star Wars. I maybe they will. Plus, you know. plus, he looks like a real pervert. Yeah, of course so. he does. But maybe they will. I mean, because it's not like I don't know. I don't know if they'll consider it canon, but maybe they'll make it him a little bit younger, and maybe that's they'll just retcon that whole situation. But they should retcon it to where he's like twenty five. You know, yes, they should twenty three. I mean, it it never made sense to me that he was that much older than them. Mm-hmm. 
and it always seemed like Leia was much older than Luke anyhow, which they tried to explain through like hyperspace travel and stupid shit like that. But it was it just was like legends. No, no, like in New Canon, they even tried to do it now. They're, they've been trying to explain how it seems like she's older because like she would years would pass because of how much she would travel a galaxy compared to him stuck on one planet that like hyperspace would age her and <laughs> weird things. I just figured she just seemed more mature because she's right in the she's, Senate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anywho, Kyber crystals do have a huge part in this book. They're almost like a huge, character. it's huge because it's like, you never thought about the death star that way. Like, to use cover crystals to create that weapon? Well, that makes sense because that's pretty badass. Yeah, it's. Um, I like that they're using a weapon of the of the Jedi to destroy people who probably still believe in Jedi. Yep, <laughs> I exactly. thought that that was uh, brilliant. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was it. Was it was cool? And like I said, the silly science explained well by Lucino. So, I you know I thought it's great. All right. Next up, a major player who is rumored to show up in Rogue One, and I would be very surprised if Graham Off Tarkin does not show up in Rogue One. It would be kind of insulting to the character, um, seeing that in the book he had major. In this major. book, he had, he had he had major implication, like to the development of the Death Star. In his own book, it has everything to do with the Death Star. So, I mean. He's going to be there. And the give him and Chronic a opposing role to each other, kind of a competing role, was genius. I mean, I love to see inter, I guess, intergroup politics like that because, um, I don't know, it just it's it's cool to watch the bad guys fight against each other too. Yeah, that was um, one of my favorite dynamics and like, uh, Tarkin refusing to give up the incursion on uh, that planet. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was just like, that was awesome. And I was actually really happy that he won because if he would have lost, I think that would have been a blow to his character because you really have to understand and believe like when you get to episode four, why is this guy almost calling the shots? And it's really because Tarkin is more you know the emperor's right hand man than even vader is vader is just the hand of the emperor whereas tarkin is you know the other eyes and ears and mouth and brain of the emperor when he's stuck in his sweet throne surrounded by red hood dudes but you know what i mean (laughs) i do um you know it's 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 funny because when you watch episode four you see that tarkin has like power over Vader to some point where he can, they they're equals and he can tell him, you know, stop choking this guy or, you know, this is, this is what we have to do. So, you know, Darth Vader ultimately is, is the emperor's bitch in a way, because like, Mm -hmm. even though how bad Vader is, badass Vader is, you know, we see what, you know, the downfall of Anakin Skywalker was total play by the emperor, but going back to Tarkin, um, you know, you see Tarkin at the end of episode three is the three of them. Like that shows you the, like the Trinity of power in the empire. Um, what I also thought was really cool was the, the fact that we, you know, we play galaxy of heroes and um, <laughs> they mentioned ex, the executrix, which uh, is Tarkin's star destroyer, which was brought up in the Tarkin novel originally. Um, I believe it was probably created uh, in that novel is 
as new canon. Now it's part of that game and mentioned a lot in, in this book as well. So just tying everything together is um, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. I, I thought that that was really genius too. And I, you know, they introduced ships into the galaxy of heroes game, which we've probably mentioned many times on our podcast, but um so now you can do actual ship battles, which is really cool. It's a, it's a nice new level of gameplay. And just like Chris said, like, I didn't know what, I, I didn't know that Tarkin had a ship. Uh, you know, I assume so. Um, and the fact that he has the name of it is in there. And, you know, like, I just thought that was cool. And you get to see it in the game. So kind of had like a little bit more of an idea of what he's piloting as I'm, you know, listening to the novel. So they, uh, the Disney is, is in that, you know, story group. They're doing some good shit over there. <laughs> For real. For real. Uh, what's next? Uh, mentions of Vader. Well, Vader didn't play any role in this book. His presence was made known. Um, yeah. As normally, you know, through conversation or whatever. But it was it wasn't a bad thing that they didn't make him... A character he has his own he has his own books his own comic his own day in the spotlight all the time so i mean it's um it is what it is and, and i think he'll he's going to be in rogue one jesus and from what i've read yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about um uh, i just want to mention some of these reviews later but um, yeah we can go into the reviews at, at the end yeah yeah I'm yeah. I don't I'm just goddamn I can't wait till Thursday. Um <laughs> but um we talk of Vader here. Um we've been waiting for something to happen with Darth Vader that's not just what we've seen in the in the original trilogy, um him just being this looming character. You know, we've seen Darth Vader do some cool stuff in Rebels cartoon wise, but I just want to see Darth Vader unleash the dark side of the force in a live action movie and I will die. Happy man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, You know, it's my dream to see him take his lightsaber, throw it, which they've mentioned many times in the comic. Many times he does it in the game and in the galaxy heroes game. And you know, I just I just want to see him throw it through somebody and then bring it back and then kill someone else. Yeah. If I see it, you know, they didn't battlefront as well. Like if I see that, I I'm good. Um yeah, absolutely. People are gonna get fucked up in this movie. <laughs> I don't wanna get my expectations up, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna get kind of crazy. Um Yeah. So that's it. Um we talked about throwbacks to the prequels a little bit with this book. Uh, I think the setting of the book was perfect. It, you know, as much as people want to bitch about the prequels and the movies, the movies are shite. Yes, we all know that, but there are a lot of good things that came out of the prequels, like the Clone Wars. There are some good comics that have to do with it. Um, so the more they, the characters from that timeline are, are great. It's just the storytelling of the movie was terrible. The, the movies were terrible. And the more that they can add literature and and new stories to that time period, I just think the better off we are. Because I I love that time period. I think it's it's a really really it's a key it's a key time in Star Wars um, 
history. And I think that um, as we move forward with New Canon, that they'll really kind of clean up some things and and hopefully, you know, people have more respect for it. Um, I remember uh, one of my favorite expanded universe novels was when Timothy Zahn wrote Up on Flight. And what it was, was it was set during the, around episode two, um, mm-hmm. and the main characters were Obi-Wan and Anakin, and Anakin was, you know, it was he was still the Padawan, and um, it was telling the story of how Thrawn first, like, came came about, and how they discovered, like, the Chiss and all that stuff, and how he, um, and all that. So that, I... I just want to see more things like that because it just gives you more respect for the time period instead of every time I watch or even like take five minutes out of my, my life to waste and watch like any of those movies. It's just like, it hurts. <laughs> it is. It's like, even if, even like I liked Revenge of the Sith at the time, I like it less and less now because I just, I just, I can't, I can't bear most of that movie. I can't watch Tech of Clones. I mean, even though I hated Phantom Menace, I mean, there's there's more good parts of that movie than not. You know, it's like, please just take the prequel era yeah. and just fix it, make it good. Thank God for the well, Clone Wars. That's all I yeah, I think that the Clone Wars cartoon is helped. I think that Rebels is actually doing a lot of good because it's like, you know, they had that episode of the Rex and the Battle Droids, and now it's done. You know what I mean? They have this thing with Darth Maul and you know, I think he's going to die I, and I won't be surprised if he does. Um, and, you know, I think they're wrapping up loose ends that Filoni didn't get to cover in Clone Wars and doing it in Rebels. And my hope is that, and, and they've been doing a good job of it is like, and stuff like, don't, don't go back there. You know what I mean? Like this book, I thought it was a perfect blend of that time period because it, it deals with the parts of the, you know, the movies that I actually cared about. Like, Oh, I do care about the death star because it goes back to my favorite movies. You know what I mean? So, you know, talking to Poggle the lesser, I know who that guy is. Okay. This is cool. Um, so like that kind of stuff I, I really did enjoy, but they also didn't dwell on it forever either. It was like, yeah, there was a station or a, a place where they found like battle droids and that was cool. And you know what I mean? Like, more like they just hearken back to it in a way that it was more like those twangs of nostalgia. Like when you watch episode seven, it's just like, okay, you might've hearkened to some stuff that was like annoying, but the fact that I can recognize it, I feel like I'm in a safe place. I feel like I'm in a star Wars place. And and that's what was important. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for the last part, it says, what's it mean for Rogue One? I think we can go into that when we actually talk about Rogue One. And I, but before we break, I yeah. really mean, I really think it means you should be reading this book if you're a Star Wars fan and yeah. you want to get the full story of Rogue One. I mean, before we even speculate about Rogue One, I'm sure that a lot of this, I mean, this book can definitely help us speculate more about the movie. And like we said, I mean, this the, these new canon, this new canon novel. I mean, it's amazing that they put this out before the book, uh, before the movie, and then it gives you the deep backstory of Galen Erso and Krennic. Because you could go in this movie and be like, yeah, this is Jin's story, and and whatever. And I, you know, 
spoiler alert, I love how the last chapter is basically Jin's point of view because that is like she it's like you go through this whole book and then all of a sudden like that. <laughs> you didn't like that? No, I didn't. I did because it was just like you know it I because you're about to you're about to go into her story in Rogue One. Yeah, I get it. I just you, like you kinda, know, it threw me out of it. <laughs> I I thought it was cute because it was just like, you know, she's about to go through some devastating shit and her last memories of like her family that you read about when she was happy was like what she remembered, what she was seeing with like saw and her mother and father and, and where they were going to like something hopeful. And, you know, and no matter what happens in rogue one, um, that's, that's where catalyst left you. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's darkness to come. And, um, and then as she says, you know, rebellions are built on hope. So I think it's, it's going to come full circle with that. I, I agree. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's nice that these things, these outside canon are not required in order for you to enjoy the movie. But mm-hmm. I do believe that us who read it are going to get a little bit more out of it because of it. And same thing with like you, when you're reading these comics and you're checking out these TV shows, um, not so much with the video games, but you know, I think not yet. Not yet, right? Um, I think they've been doing a real good job with uh, making these extra nuggets that if you want to absorb more of this, uh, you know, extracurricular um, material, then... Uh, you'll, be a, you'll be a better Star Wars fan for it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, I'd say this is a good time for a commercial break, and we'll come back and we'll start getting a little bit deeper into Rogue One. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you. Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You you gotta leave. I called the cops. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, 
And look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get him in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowel.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. Back. Great commercials. Always a blast. Ugh. Beautiful. <clears throat> All right. So, Rogue One, a Star Wars story changed from Star Wars anthology, whatever. Don't care. <laughs> Moving on. Saga. Yeah, saga film. Um, so Skywalker story. <laughs> one of the things that they're using to differentiate itself from the saga, the actual saga films, um, is that there's going to be no crawl. What are your thoughts on that? Well, then you better not put any crawls in any video games. You better not put any crawls in comic books anymore. I mean, unless it's saga. Um, I'm okay with it. I think it'll be weird at first, but if you're going to do it, you might as well start now. Um, we're used to every Star Wars thing having a crawl. Um, from the old video games and I guess, yeah, just the old video games and the movies. It was something that was such a staple to Star Wars, and I and I get it. I get up. I get why people would be upset. As a diehard Star Wars fan since inception, I'm sure that you know. At first, when I heard about it, I was kind of like, "Meh, what the fuck?" But you know what? I can live without it. I will say it's something that's innately Star Wars. It's mm-hmm. something that identifies it with the with the movies. You know, I haven't cared, honestly, um, since I heard the announcement, but I definitely see everyone's point of view when they say that it's kind of stupid. Um, and it is in, in the, the mostly because the rationale was like, we want to differentiate ourselves from the other movies. Well, like you, you do that by what you say in the crawl. Cause you're not mentioning Luke Skywalker Yeah, <laughs> and what episode, movie, episode. Yeah. There's no episode. So it's like, this isn't, you know, like you said, we played a lot of video games with it. I didn't suddenly think like, oh, oh, is this the movie that I'm playing right now in Super Star Wars for the SNES? No, it's it's like, come on, just whatever. So it is what it is because it's not going to change. But I do think that it, it was a stupid rationale for why I didn't want to do it. Oh, well. agreed. All right. Moving on. Who, what character are you looking forward to the most out of Rogue One? There's there's a few, and I'll start with my top one. Um, I am looking forward to K2SO the most because I'm looking forward to a new droid. BB-8 was awesome, and I loved the addition of him to the movie. Uh, He really made... He's adorable. And I, from what I've seen and read of K2S, K2S, so he's pretty badass. So I'm ready for that because I love, I love like the battle droids that that are like in aftermath that you're reading now, um, and the Freemaker uh, ventures in you know even going back to Kotor games. I love, I love the droids that are outside of your normal realm of like C3PO and 
Well, just, Dr. Afra's toys, BT and... Uh... Yeah, well, they... Exactly. That's a good point, too. He... They remind me a lot of uh, the assassin droid from... Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, so... Yeah. I am... I'm excited for that. I am also excited to see how they treat Donnie Yen's character, Trit Inwe. Um We saw Maz Kanata as kind of a outside the Jedi, I would say, standard um, a force user that these other these other beings can have access to the force, but not technically be Jedi. So I really want to see how they use like you know, IP man in space. So I'm pumped. For that. <laughs> um, and I want to see Orson Krennic in the flesh and, and Saw Gerrera in the flesh. So. so you're most looking forward to everybody except for Jinner. So. <laughs> and, I, and can't, I can't wait because I think, I, yeah, actually I don't care about uh, Lando Calrissian Andor um, and his awesome beard, but um, Jyn Erso, I, I love Felicity Jones. She's super hot. So I'm, like, I'm ready <laughs> for that. Sad. I love, I love, I love these female lead characters. It's, it just makes my day. Um, all right. Well, I will agree with you with K2SO, and obviously, I've already got my Krennic tattoo. So, those are my two that I'm most um, looking forward to. Though I'm also looking to the return of Mon Mothma. I think that's pretty cool. That actress that they got looks just like her, and it's actually kind of creepy. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's more than cool. I mean, we're looking at a time period where any character could show up randomly, and I've heard there's there's other cameos and stuff like that in this movie. So I don't I don't want to spoil myself too much because I really I I don't know yet, and I've been trying to stay away from it. So I want I want that to kind of like punch me in the balls a little bit. Well, what other cameos have you heard of? I have heard about General Daydana, which would make, would make sense, seeing that he had a major role in Episode 4. Mm-hmm. Um, you have notes about Leia and the droids. Um, yep. I, guess it, I guess it would make sense um, for at least Leia to be in the movie, at least with a voice, maybe, over, over Intercom, if they were going to send the plans or whatnot. Um, the droids, yeah, it would, like I said to you before, I think that bringing the droids into this would tie all the movies together, them being the constant. Um, and actually, I am pretty excited for the return of Jimmy Smith as Bill Organa. So that's a big, big prequel tie in. And Tarkin. And Tarkin, is it the same? Yeah, I mean, Tarkin, of course, but um, we mentioned that before. Is it? Do you think they'll have the same actor who played him in Episode 3 play him? Like oh. Motherfucker? I... There's nothing on IMDb about this at all. There's um, not? No, oh, see, full cast. I, you know, I don't want to look because I, I don't exactly. That's what. That's why I'm not looking. Um, so. I yeah, I, d- I don't want to look, but I guess I think there's the rumor is there's two actors from Game of Thrones playing Dodonna and Tarkin. Um, there's another girl who, on her IMDb page, it says Leia Organa, though it doesn't say it in the Rogue One IMDb page. So that's curious, too. I believe that the girl who plays Leia, if there is Leia in it, will be 
Um, Carrie Fisher's clone. I think she'll be in the background. You know what I mean? I think we'll yeah. see like buns. We'll see the white outfit, but we won't see her talk or anything like that. The droids doesn't shock me. Like there's no reason why you wouldn't have them in the movie. It's obviously like you said, what ties them all together. And uh, Tarkin, they can't make this movie without him in it. Like that's just, it's just, you can't do it. It's impossible with with what they've established in new, in new uh, canon so Catalyst, far. Yeah, and no, not just Catalyst, in, in but Tarkin. in Tarkin. Yeah. yeah, both those books. I mean, you'd be basically like spitting in your own face if you did that. And they've I, and they've shown like they have that speculation from that trailer of the Imperial officer from behind who looks like Tarkin. So I'm pretty sure that he's showing up, no doubt. Do you think that we'll see? either Obi-Wan Kenobi or the Emperor? I don't think we'll see Obi-Wan Kenobi. I just think it's too far outside the realm. I think that Saw Gerrera plays that role kind of in this movie. Um, so I think it would just be overkill to put Obi-Wan in the movie. Do we see the Emperor? Possibly well, through... Before you get there, sorry. Yeah. Do you think we'll hear the name Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, because... given that Leia is directly having to find him in order to stop the building of this, you know, to take down this technological terror. I think Bail awesome. Organa drops that name to his daughter. That would be interesting if he did that. Um, so, I, yeah, I, totally I could see it. that. Yeah. I could see that because why would she be on the mission to find General Kenobi? You're right. Exactly. You're right. I could see that. Um, will he show up? No. Um, the emperor, emperor, yeah, the emperor. We could probably see in like a hollow projection at least. I think I mean, so, and I think Aaron McDermott should play him again. Oh yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, that old bastard's still around. So I mean, it's like he looks. He he only every like a fine wine. His age directly coincides with what the emperor. It's like oh, guess we get to put on less makeup for this movie, less makeup for this movie. Exactly. So eventually, he could just like. Not even putting makeup on. Um, exactly. But you know, there's that scene where we see the character from the back, like bowing down, like Vader does in 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 uh, Empire Strikes Back. So, whether or not that's an unarmored Vader in front of like the Emperor again. So, yeah, we're there's probably a seventy-five to twenty-five chance that we're going to see the Emperor in this one. So, well, seventy-five to twenty-five. <laughs> Those are my those are my those are my drunken statistics. Okay, I think that there's a seventy eight percent chance. Seventy five percent we will, twenty five percent we won't. Okay, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, not everyone's making it out of this movie. Who's living? Who's dying? Any thoughts? They they should all die. All I mean, of them, every single one of them. Did you just think this end of this movie is cut to black? Everyone. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they show up in later Star Wars movies? Are they part of the rebellion? You know, they're they're a huge part of this rebellion. <laughs> Obviously, in this movie, so they don't show up in episode four, five, and six. You know, um, so well, we don't know that they don't. We don't know when yeah, know. talking to everybody in Mon Moth is surrounded by all those people that one of them's not Cassie and Endor. Yeah, I know. I get it. But people are going to die. I don't want to say who, 
Well, but you don't know. Th- this is gonna. There's gonna be some tear jerking moments. I'm sure. I think. And I uh, before I before you go, I want to just say I think that characters will be killed off, not all at once, but slowly through the movie. <laughs> so these these characters we see will either be killed off in a firefight, and then maybe in that ATAT battle. And then when like we see Jin and Cassian and K2S2, uh, K2SO go undercover, one of them is going to die in order for the rest of them to get out, you know, stuff like that. So we're going to see kind of like a gradual fall off of each of these characters. Like you'd expect in the war movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You're going to cry at least five times in this movie, I guarantee I think that Saw Gerrera is going to live. I would love if he did. I, I think that he's one of those kind of guys who, he, you know, he just keeps replacing body parts. It's like Rex. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and Dave Filoni said that we actually do see Rex in Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Like, which is just, you know, hey, he said it. He said it's canon. I, I think Fine. that Saw Gerrera is one of those types of guys where he just can't die. He's like so filled with war. <laughs> You said you know who Phil Philoni's talking about when he says that, right? That white bearded guy. Mm-hmm. That's who they say it is. Oh, hey, I'm, I would, I'm, I would I'm buy it. that all day long because yeah. I love I love Rex. So, yep, yeah, Rex is in the original trilogy. Fuck yeah, he is. Yeah, Rara um, shows up in in the post Jedi books. I, I'd take it. Exactly. Will. Vader be the one who kills Krennic. Absolutely. Because of this next point you have. Well, somebody's going to kill Krennic, but I'm thinking Vader. Could be Felicity Jones. It could could be be. Arkin. I don't know. You could push him out of an airlock. I don't know. (laughs) It could be Galen Erso. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think Galen Erso is making it out of this movie either. Yeah. I I don't think he's much alive. (laughs) I don't think that that whole Erso family is going down in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, Galen Erso is either going to die by the hand of the Empire or by radiation poisoning. I'm not sure which, but Kyber. it's going to be it's, Kyber. Yeah, Kyber, Kyber radiation. Um, well, what I wrote mm. down that Chris is referring- or or he becomes Snoke. You know that. that oh my too. god! All right, stop. Krennic, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, missing from the chair in the round table in A New Hope. There's an empty chair. Uh, there is one dude wearing a white uniform. I don't but it's there is one dude wearing a white uniform because everybody's like, "What is that guy? Is a grand grand admiral? What is he?" Now we have this other this other classification of imperial officer wearing a white uniform outside of Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, it's who knows who knows who that old guy is. It's it's definitely not Krennic though. Yeah, well, we all <laughs> knew that. And I actually thought that was one other good thing that, that the novel really did is that, so we didn't know, we rumored that when we first saw Krennic, the first picture we saw of him, everyone's mind went to Thrawn, because that's the only time we've ever seen a white uniformed Imperial. And then we were like, okay, well, maybe because Thrawn isn't canon at that time, that they just decided to make a Thrawn-esque character but he's a human and then now thrawn is released and then you read catalyst and it's like he's not anything like thrawn at all 
he's a whiny frat boy. <laughs> like, in a in a good way, because obviously yeah. I got that tattoo. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I liked his character a lot, and I and I do like that they made efforts to. He's nothing like Thrawn, which is great. Absolutely, there's nobody like Thrawn. So no, there don't, is. Don't even go there. No, he Thrawn. Thrawn is so badass that he 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 survived the uh, the expanded universe uh, holocaust. He won't be the only one. I I, I know. Oh no, we're no. gonna see Plagueis. Well, Plagueis is already mentioned, but um, we're gonna we're gonna see more than that. We're gonna see Dash Rendar. We're gonna see Shizor. We're gonna see we're gonna see Kyle Katarn. We're gonna see Marjade. If we saw Kyle Katarn, my fucking face would melt. <laughs> Get ready. Or style. even if they named an episode of Rebels Dark Forces, I would be okay. And then another one, Jedi Academy. <laughs> well, that would, a, that would well. That's that's the idea of ne- the next cartoon series after Rebels ends is that they want to do something in that time period where Luke was training the Jedi. I think that would be fucking amazing. So we'll see. Not, yep. Speaking of. Rogue One. <laughs> oh, is that what we're talking about? Oh, Actually, no, no. We'll go back into canon a little bit. Uh, Chris mentioned it briefly that the the newest TV spot, you see a bunch of um, ships uh, in space. One of them looks like uh, Leia's ship, the, uh, the cargo ship that opens up episode four. And one other one in the lower left-hand corner, you can look at the screenshots all over, look at our DFAT um, Instagram page, um, looks like the ghost from Rebels. A, is it? B, if so, and you do believe that it is, do you think we'll see someone piloting it, either Sabine or Hera? Well, yeah, Sabine or Hera. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't see why they would miss the opportunity to do this. Um, maybe, maybe it's callous. You know, who knows? I mean, Fulcrum. it could be. It could be any of these bastards. I mean, it's it. Like I said, it would be a purely missed opportunity to even show that ship and not tie in rebels. The you know Leia's blockade runner. Yeah, blockade romance. That's what you think of. I mean, the Tanta Four is that the Tanta Four? I don't know. I mean, it's it's is it the Ghost? I don't know. It could be another ship of its type, but both of those ships should be in this movie. Period. Especially if Bail Organa is in this movie, for God's sakes. I mean, he flew that same ship at the end of Episode Three down to down to down to Alderaan. You know, I mean, that's that's his ship. So I mean, this is that movie. A Rogue One has. This huge scene where all these rebel ships come in, and it's a huge space battle. So why wouldn't the 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 rebellion is starting to really be something by this point before a new hope happens? So yeah, I you know whoever dies in this in rebels, whoever's you know, I really don't see it being these main rebels like Hera, Sabine, especially like we talked about earlier, the rumor about Sabine and Lucas True. So who knows? Could be Chopper. Jesus. Fucker. Is there anything in this movie that could make it your favorite Star Wars film? Yes. The fact that it's going to be based around war. um, That 
it's it leads into it sets up our favorite trilogy of all time. I mean, I, you and I, we can argue all we want about like this versus episode seven. We don't have to do that on this this podcast. But the more and more we get close to this movie, yes, episode seven was like one of the biggest things that's ever happened, and like the fact that it was leading into this new era of Star Wars and that was the whole hype behind it. But this being a standalone Star Wars film for the first time outside, you know, the Ewok movies, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it really, it really opens up new doors for the franchise and that um, we're exploring the realm beyond the Skywalker saga. We're, we're exploring what really makes Star Wars um, a, a war story. Yeah. I think I don't know if it's going to be able to beat my favorite, which is Jedi, just because of all the nostalgia behind it. Um, technically, like in technical terms, you know, it's probably going to be shot better and written better and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So in that sense, maybe. But I think more than anything else, what it's going to do is it's going to make episode four possibly beat jedi as my favorite star wars movie that i think could happen first off empire strikes back is the best star wars movie so you're wrong on all accords uh, uh, just one actually <laughs> both just in case rogue one does make new hope better than jedi but uh no i i understand what you're saying i mean episode four is definitely the the, the worst and i don't even want to say that word out of the original trilogy, it's it's sacrilege, man. Exactly, but when you're talking about the three movies, it's the my least favorite of the three. So, this, I mean, this sets up all the movies. It sets up the rebellion. It sets up, it sets up where you know where Leia goes onto this 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 mission that leads over the next three movies and and develops the whole Skywalker saga. So, um. And also, people are comparing this to *Empire Strikes Back*, which is a bold statement. But I will—I'll uh, judge that on Thursday. I really hope that this doesn't lead into Disney going. You know what? Let's do pre-episode six and find out what happened to Manny Bothins. <laughs> but on the opposite spectrum, of that let's hope it does lead to. Let's do pre-episode six and make it called *Shadows of the Empire*. Yeah, well, God, yeah, but anyway, I don't, I don't even want to go down. Fuck the fuck the Bothans. Nobody cares about Bothans. They don't care about Bothans so much that they couldn't even make that hairy beast in Episode Seven a Bothan. They had to come up with a new new alien species and make him look like a Bothan. That you know that you were the dude who's like with Leia, that yeah. general. Yeah, yeah, that guy. It makes no sense. Definitely a Bothan. He's not a Bothan, and I was. And I called him a Bothan on our on our episode seven podcast, and after that, I was embarrassed because I was wrong. Because he looks, he looks exactly like a fucking Bothan. Like you missed that opportunity. I still think J.J. Abrams missed the opportunity on many things, including Twi'leks, which I hear there's a Twi'lek in this movie. So, well, let's talk about it then, real quick. What is the percentage that Rogue One is a better movie than Force Awakens? I'm, you know, my point of view on this. I think that. There's a there's a good chance that this is going to be a better movie. Give me a number. 
75 percent okay okay 75 is your number of the day of <laughs> i don't know what you mean by percentage that rogue one is better than what do you mean i'm saying like if i were was it, was to chance? give you a hundred dollars okay and you were betting you know out of right. that hundred how much money would you put in to the fact oh. that rogue one is better than episode seven 75 bucks, man. Okay, great. <laughs> then there you go. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be like 95. Yeah, I know. It's and, it's more than that, but I mean, it's funny coming from you who wants to yell at me all week about how Star Wars Episode 7 was the greatest thing ever. But, you know, it's not. No, I said it's the most <laughs> anticipated movie ever made, and that it is. is a fact. It is. It is. It is. I mean, outside of, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and all, but... Um... Anyway, so yes. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be better. Just because what we just previously said, it's going to enhance at least one movie very, very much, and who knows if it reaches out to the other th- uh, two. It, en- it enhances the Clone Wars. It enhances... Well, yeah, that's true, too. Catalyst. Yeah. It, enhances, it, it basically enhances everything that came before it. In a way, especially if the uh, rebels do show up. So, yeah, it might enhance two, three, four, maybe even five. I don't know. Maybe like maybe Vader. Well, no, he won't. Well, no, it's it's gonna quick. make it's gonna make Vader worse in the <laughs> original trilogy if he's a really badass. And we oh just, my god, yeah, we talked about that too. On, uh, watch, on we watched him radio. We watched him fight Obi Wan like yeah. an old man. Even Empire fight is not that good. Well, I think what will happen is maybe Vader will get hurt in this. Like, he'll kill a bunch of people, but maybe he'll get hurt mm. that they kind of explain while he's not in tip-top shape because this movie ends five minutes before um, Episode Four starts. And let's assume that we meet Luke and he meets Obi-Wan. That's one, two maybe three days that they know each other before he goes and confronts Vader. So if something happens right there, then I mean, that, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that explanation. It doesn't take much. What, what are you thinking? And we're talking about Darth Vader here. I mean, unless he gets shot by like the Death Star being a bowcaster. <laughs> yeah. Maybe K2S who just fucks his ass up, which I could buy. I could see it. Honestly, I could. Um, all right. Have you purchased anything? Films, books, toys, clothes? <laughs> I already told you what I did. Never mind. This is a stupid question. No, it's not a stupid question. I mean, this is what Star Wars fandom is about. It's about merchandising as well. It's true. Um, I'll run down the list with you. I have. I bought the Lego wise. I bought the K two S two action figure. Building. K2SO, you've been saying that all night. Ah, god damn it. It's his brother then. Um yes. K2SO. Um I bought I didn't buy any black series because I'm not buying black series anymore. I bought a ton of the four inch figures. I bought the U Wing, the TIE Striker, almost every figure, minus a few of like the jobber figures. I might still buy them eventually when they go down in price, but I've got Krennic and the Jins, um, the Cassian, the K2SO. Um, I I mean, with the release of this, also came like the new Rebel figures as well. Uh, the two packs I bought. Um, I bought the Smuggler's Bounty box, so I have my my Rogue One shirt for that night. Um, 
I bought some other pops, the Sagarera Walmart exclusive, the Cassian oh, that chat. Yep, yep. The uh the Cassian Target exclusive pop. And that might Oh, and then we got the uh the Scarif Trooper Bandai's. Did we actually order them? I ordered them. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um Yeah, I have uh, old man Deadshot pop. I have the Krennic pop. The K2SO will probably be mine because I think on Toys R Us it's like six bucks or something like that. I have the Sagrera one for four dollars. Um, yeah, that was crazy. That's a crazy discount. Uh, I have my Rogue one. It's a Rebel Alliance shirt, but there's also a Krennic shirt on the way. And then huh. Krennic cup. My <laughs> Catalyst I did okay. for on Audible. Yep. Um, oh, not to mention, I mean, uh, the visual guide's coming out and the soundtrack on the 16th, so both of those are coming. Uh, I don't know if I have the soundtrack coming, but I definitely, and which is shocking if I don't because of how much I love Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I've been liking that guy since fucking everything. 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 Well, specifically the incredible soundtrack, but yeah, I have, um, I'll order that right now actually, but I do have the, the book coming for sure. Oh, you, which one, the art? Yeah. Yeah. You, you love those books. The visual guide actually. And then the visual visual guide, which one? No, yeah, I I have, I have the ultimate visual guide coming. The art book. I will get. I don't have it pre-ordered though. I'm looking at my, my stuff right now, so it's not. It it will be here. I'm sure. There were some things that I was like, let me just wait a little bit to see if it's good. Like I fully believe that it is, but I just you know what I mean. Sometimes. Uh, I was I was like that as well until these all these reviews started. Rolling oh, never in. mind. I did order it. <laughs> <laughs> which which book the hold on let me, let me I, I ordered the art of rogue one and the star wars rogue one the ultimate visual guide. i knew you ordered the art book because i had ordered the the visual guide because i have the one from uh which yeah yep from uh episode seven so i love those visual ones because when I was, you know, when we were wee lads and early Star Wars fans, it was reading all the encyclopedias and and learning mm-hmm. the characters. So it's I, I buy it and then I buy it for my nephews. You know, it's, it's it's how I can pass along the love of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, this is the worst time of year to to be spending money on yourself, but it's Star Wars. Yeah, um, I mean, as I have to tell my wife repeatedly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, after, trust me, trust me. After like 13 years, she'll get it. So, mine <laughs> does. Fine. But yeah, Scarif Trooper. I got the Black Series of that. Apparently, we also have the Bandai of that. Probably get that K2SO Bandai. It's just, it's <laughs> probably yeah. get that Jin Urso hot toy once in a while. If the movie is good, yeah, I know. that toy will be mine, like yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, I'm fighting it right now, but at the same time, I want to put it next to my Ray. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's tough not to. Um, 
final thing before we close out the show. I just wanted to say that the movie is sitting at 84% in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we're recording this on uh, the 13th. The embargo uh, got lifted today for the people who saw the premiere on Saturday. Um, the majority of the reviews are saying, yeah, what Chris said. It's it's up there with The Empire Strikes Back is the second best Star Wars movie ever made, which is obviously rave reviews. The ones that are kind of talking bad about it, and you know, you're going to see that all the time. It's just like, it's depressing. It's stupid concept. You know what I mean? Like things like, like people not liking uh civil war, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you get all these superheroes together and you don't do anything with them. There's no plot. And it's like, okay, shut up. <laughs> I like Zemo as a bad guy. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I mean, you can act like you're too smart for this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, you're just a fucking idiot because if the majority of people like these movies and it's written well for the the audience it's meant for, especially for the general public, and mm-hmm. the general public goes and spends a billion dollars on this movie, well, then you're just a fucking asshole. So you might as well just retire by now. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's certified fresh. I think that number it started at 81 this morning. It went up to 84. I think by the time yeah. the audience actually sees it, it will probably hover around 86 to 90. And not that Rotten, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is a very good barometer, I, I feel, but yeah. like it's, it's going to make the billion dollars. And Disney's already been having a insanely good year more than any other. I think I read an article the other day saying that Disney, has made the most money for a company than any other company in history um, <laughs> this year. Like because of uh, Zootopia, Finding Dory, that Maona movie, uh, Civil War, Doctor Strange, and now Star Wars, like six hits that are all probably going to make a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Or very close to it. It's like, you, <sighs> like I should have bought. I should have bought stock last year when we were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. This year it's it's done. If you're a Disney stockholder, congratulations, you can retire soon. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you bought it back in the day. Like, it's insane. I mean, should have bought on. Marvel stock when it was under Avia Rod's, uh, <laughs> you know, hold. Um, All right. So here's 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 what I'm going to say about the stock. When we talked about it a year ago, it was at 101. Now it's at 104. So it's going up. It's going. Up. See us in two days, though. See <laughs> us when the the end of the year uh, numbers get published. Exactly. Where can you find us, Chris? Uh, you can find us on a little thing called the internet. Uh, we're at don'tforgetatowel.com. Uh, it's your daily dose of everything geekly from news to reviews interviews and more um we also have a lot of social media uh, accounts out there between twitter and facebook and instagram so uh run them down on that yeah you can go to facebook forward slash don't forget to towel one and on instagram and twitter it's d fat towel um as you heard in the commercials we have other podcasts that you can listen to with a raw uh, 
you know, wide range of geekly topics. And if you're listening to us, it's probably on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you are on iTunes, then I would say um, rate and review us and tell your friends. And I'll be very happy about that. But we really do appreciate all you listeners who've stayed with us. Um, you know, whether you came from the website or you found us online or someone told you about it, we really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. And like we said, as things are kind of settling down and uh, for us, and we both have pretty consistent schedules, thank God, <laughs> we can do these more and we love doing them. So we're really happy to share. So thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, guys. You guys rock. So I like to say this is Casey. Um, go rebel. Yeah, exactly. Thursday is the day. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you got to go see this movie, go see it opening weekend. Support Star Wars. Support your lifeline, your bloodline, whatever you want to call it, because <laughs> Star Wars is life. And uh, we have a hit on our hands, I'm sure. So I'm I'm super excited for Thursday. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So this is... Yeah. All right. Bye. May the force be with you. <laughs>